Hi, I'm Ashley Chandler, adolescent and parent educator, and I'm on a mission to help middle schoolers and parents carve a more seamless path through these often turbulent years. Imagine having the beliefs, strategies, and support you both need, and feeling confidence and connection beyond your wildest dreams. This podcast aims to bring you these things each week by integrating the art, science, and soul of raising an early adolescent. If you're ready to elevate adolescence, listen in now. Middle school is the essential bridge your kiddo is crossing from childhood to adulthood. It's natural and healthy for them to gain more independence from you as you transition from the role of manager to guide. But how much independence is too much? Middle schoolers want more freedom, but this doesn't mean they want free reign and no boundaries. Freedom helps them grow and boundaries help them feel safe. And as an adult, you know all too well that the world is filled with negative influences, people, and circumstances. And your instinct is to protect them from any harm. You must support them in gaining independence while helping them become aware of the world so they can learn to protect themselves. Increasing their independence is one of those pieces of parenting a middle and high schooler that is just simply not black and white. There's a ton of gray area depending on your kid's level of awareness and capability. So in today's podcast, I'm going to share first three top reasons to give your middle schooler more independence regardless of their ability. Then I'm going to break down some examples of what that might look like in your home. And then lastly, I've got a free downloadable checklist and journal that can help you determine what is right for you depending on the decision you're facing. So make sure to listen to the end to see how you can get it for yourself. Now, as you hear my reasons and examples, my suggestion is to guide them over the bridge, the metaphorical bridge of middle school. You're not going to just throw them off of it and let them fend for themselves immediately. At first, you're going to teach them and model it for them. Modeling is the best. They're going to be the most receptive. And then let them do it on their own, slowly but surely. And then just be open to supporting them along the way. So here are three reasons to give your adolescent and your middle schooler more independence. Reason number one, their confidence. Science and spirit intersect here, which is one of my favorite things. So in all aspects of life, confidence and consciousness only grow through adversity. I'm going to say that again. Confidence and consciousness, meaning becoming more aware, only grow through adversity. Our ability to navigate new challenges and experiences and then grow resilience along the way. For example, a blade of grass has to struggle and emerge from the dense earth from seed to stem. It's not easy. So the stronger the storm, the deeper the roots. It's one of my favorite quotes from Dolly Parton. And that's very much true. A baby learns to walk by trial and error, not by doing it perfectly the first time. They have to fall down again and again and again, and they find their balance on their own. And the same is true for your middle schooler at this stage of life. They're going to fall down, but their confidence is going to grow along the way because they're going to continue to pick themselves back up. If they aren't facing life with greater adversity and challenge and increased independence, they won't learn that they can. 
if you are doing something for them that they can clearly do themselves, I recommend you stop. And if you're not sure, you can experiment here just a little bit. So instead of removing obstacles and creating this really clear, easy path, thinking you're just simplifying their life, you actually may be enabling them and in a, in a kind of harmful way. You're not allowing them to grow through that adversity or through that challenge. So you got to think about the conditions within your control that support their safety and well-being without making it impossible for them to fail. So here are some examples of guiding and not managing that support their confidence. They need to start keeping track of their stuff. So this one's a toughie because as parents, we are inclined to support them in this way because it also makes life easier for us. And so many middle schoolers are notoriously scattered. Hello, adolescent brain. And my daughter's room is a prime example. So an example of this might be start with the laundry after school or a sports game or something that where, you know, their clothes might be important to them. And you teach them to treat the stains and discuss when to throw a lot of laundry in. You teach them the basics. Another example might be to review the week ahead. So they're starting to learn how to keep track with a planner. Chances are their school or you have suggested that they have a calendar or a planner, I hope. Um, They are going to be resistant to this, but that doesn't mean that you don't make it a part of your home system and enabling them to keep track of their stuff. So you review the week ahead and let them know what might be on the agenda for you. Here are doctor's appointments. Here's when Susie's birthday is, right? Or any of their stuff they might need to make sure to set aside for specific experiences like camping or swimming or sports or school projects coming up during the school year. This is just a really simple example where they need to start keeping track of their stuff. And when they practice that, their confidence grows. Another example might be making plans. So as you transition from manager to guide, uh, an example might be going to a new friend's house. So in elementary school, you were the one coordinating that. And now that they can potentially coordinate, you will always check and make sure to talk to the parents to confirm that they're going to be around, that this is cool with them. Um, But navigating schedules and timing can be a new challenge for them at first. They're going to start to realize all the factors that go into simply hanging out. But their confidence is going to grow if they can face it more independently. Another example might be taking the public bus to go meet a friend at a cafe. This is a really good experiment for eighth graders in particular because they are going to be going to high school and having friends that have access to cars and you want to start allowing them to stretch themselves a little bit and travel independently and know that you can trust them. So there are many skills that need to happen before taking a public bus can happen by themselves, but this is a huge confidence booster. Another example is navigating challenges in the social world, particularly friendships, which is a biggie in middle school. So this one takes practice and is so tricky to not get involved because our instinct is to want to rescue them and just we can kind of see the puzzle pieces and how they'll fit together, but they really need to learn this independently or begin to at least. Um, It's really critical to them developing 
the independence and the ability to attract healthy relationships. So being a guide requires you to step back from too much advice giving and step into asking thought-provoking questions that get them thinking about a specific experience they might be going through. For example, um, what happened next? Well, how did you feel? If this happened to someone you love or your best friend, what advice would you give them? And what's the next step you think you're going to take? And then just reinforce you're there to support them. It can be as simple as that. Just gets them thinking because they might be in very emotional, reactive mode about it. And you being there and being able to be um, a witness to whatever they're experiencing and then allowing them to think through it really builds important uh, independence and executive function skills that allow them to think logically, think calmly and rationally about how they might approach the situation. And if they don't know an answer, you can ask them if they'd like you to share what you do. Instead of you just inserting your opinion, ask them because they will be so much more receptive to any advice you might give them. Also be okay with a little bit of discomfort here. This is one of the most uncomfortable pieces of middle school notoriously are these social things that come up, but don't try to fix it right away. Our instinct is to swoop in and solve, but the more you can practice sitting with the discomfort when they're uncomfortable, it allows them to be, you're modeling what it's like to actually sit with something that's uncomfortable and they're going to learn that that's the only way through a challenge. It also allows for them to have maybe a deeper solution emerge from their perspective. And along the way, you're just communicating that you trust them. This all builds their authentic confidence, which is huge at this stage. All right, reason number two, you need to give them more independence, your connection. This natural separation in your role and dynamic is happening, whether you like it or not. When you try to control everything for them, from beliefs to decisions to the clothes they wear to their schedules, activities, etc., you are prohibiting that natural transition of your relationship dynamic that needs to occur from being a manager to a guide. So a few years ago, I heard this really great example, and actually it was um, given as it applies to marriage, but I think it applies um, between an adolescent relationship and a parent as well. And it's called what I like to say, the rubber band metaphor. So imagine that you, there's a rubber band that's holding you and your middle schooler on opposite sides. And it's just kind of stretching a little bit. So the more that you can grow together in this role, and the more that you become that guide instead of manager, and they're able to grow in their independence, the less likely the rubber band's going to snap. The more that you resist the natural separation that is occurring, and the more you try to control everything for them, the more likely the rubber band's going to snap, and that creates built-up resentment and major pushback. So it's also natural for them to go through these different phases with friends and fashion and music and 
you know, middle school is all about kind of experimenting and testing out what, what's going to stick and they're figuring out their identity. So the idea here is that you can just try to flow with it and not project your own perspective and releasing that need to control as a manager and accepting their independence around these phases will be a huge support in building your connection. So with every freedom you give them, whether it be with their thinking, their behavior, their actions, you're communicating, you are your own being and I respect you 100%. Even if it's not what I would choose, it's still valid. And I think you're pretty wonderful. It's true. Even if you don't say those exact words, that's what you're communicating. Okay, reason number three to give them more independence. They will experience the benefits of safe risk-taking and natural consequences. Here's what I mean. The early adolescent brain is primed to take risks. Again, this is one of the largest hesitations and fears that comes up again and again from parents is the fear that something bad is going to happen to your kid if they are getting more independence, right? And if they're taking these risks, because we are wired to help them survive after all, not, not actually thrive. So here's how you wire your, rewire yourself to help them thrive and get this independence, but in a safe way. So the key is to focus on what safe risks they can take towards greater independence and then also allow them to experience the natural consequences of that risk taking. So this practice builds key executive functions such as impulse control, metacognition, which is thinking about your thinking in the real world. This also helps them develop a grounded, intuitive perspective around what their heart and soul wants to explore versus what others are telling them to do or to like. So this makes them even more capable and confident to handle more serious high-stakes situations like around sex or drugs or technology, etc., because they've practiced thinking through what their intuition says. They have a strong inner voice. They also have practiced thinking about the what-ifs and who it might affect other than them. That's the practice we want to get them into. Examples include staying up too late not getting up on time, they miss the bus, and then they have to have you or their other parent take them to school and into school, which is so embarrassing for them. And it's also frustrating and everyone's late for school or work. So those are natural consequences. And then at home, they have to have early bedtime for a week and also repair trust and accountability with being able to get to bed on time because that was a big hassle for everyone, right? Another example might be a big school project is due tomorrow and your middle schooler hasn't started. And you're going to model how to approach this once and use it as a learning experience with no shame because chances are, I know I did a million times, share a story of how you went through something like this too, that you waited to the last minute and it was so stressful. And so you're not blaming them or shaming them. You're just relating to them. And then you talk through and you ask them questions like, what are the next steps that need to be taken? And use that stress as fuel to motivate them towards making a different choice next time. But no rescuing next time. If it happens again, it might be uncomfortable to watch them struggle or get a poor grade. But ask yourself, what's more important? This one grade 
or their ability to learn from this and plan ahead and prioritize and practice prioritizing. Again, they they may not be perfect at this. Chances are they won't, but they are learning this key skill. And the only way they're going to learn it is if they struggle a little bit. This isn't to say that you won't support them, but you're not going to be rescuing them and doing it for them either. Another example might be signing them up to try something new and you are there to coach and support them along the way. But ultimately you're reinforcing how, um, how impressed you are that they are taking on this new challenge independently. It's a safe risk, right? Maybe they love designing things and you encourage them to start their own Etsy shop or create new designs and share them with friends and family. So what are the natural consequences when they give their time and dedication and then what challenges come up? Let them experience those naturally and then you're there to guide them and reflect on what happens and how they're going to problem solve. Maybe they want to try a new sport. So you encourage them, you create those healthy conditions so they're training and learning properly. You support them with healthy structures like uh, healthy food and home routines, but you're not controlling every aspect of this new experience. Maybe they are staying up later than agreed upon and or using technology when they're not allowed. Natural consequences, they're tired, they're exhausted, they're cranky, and so therefore they have to lose the technology within like 24 hours or something that you and your partner come up with or just you. Maybe they have an earlier bedtime. These are conversation openers, not lectures, around body wellness and tech safety. And some questions that might come up are, hmm, how do you think that will affect so-and-so or you? What happened when that happened? What was the domino effect? Allow them to see how When this happens, it creates a chain reaction and they can reflect on their choices, but there's no feeling sorry for them. You're allowing these natural consequences to unfold and just sharing that this is a learning opportunity for them, just as it was for you when you were a middle schooler. For example, I stayed up all night one time talking on the phone and I only did that one time because it was so painful the next day. I was no angel, but that one specific example is what I'll give here. (laughs) Again, some key reasons to give your middle schooler independence are, number one, their confidence grows and lasts. It's more sustainable. Number two, your connection becomes stronger. They see you as a guide and a support rather than someone who's trying to control them. And number three, they are engaged in safe risk-taking and they develop greater awareness and key skills that really help them navigate those higher stakes situations that are definitely going to come up. It's not an if, it's a when. So each family is unique, and my intention is to help you become more confident in parenting your unique middle schooler. There is never a one-size-fits-all approach. So make sure you head on over to elevatedadolescence.com podcast and you are going to see this episode so you can download your free middle school independence checklist and journal page print it out you can use it time and time again it's super simple and easy to use and it provides six key prompts to help you think through whether your middle schooler is ready for more independence in a specific area and then what supports and boundaries you need to put in place as the parent 
along the way, you can envision them as this growing, capable, thoughtful, wise human because that's what they are. And this process allows those roots to take hold to weather any storm. I can't wait to hear how this goes for you. You've got this. Thank you so much for listening to the Elevated Adolescence Podcast. If you've liked this episode, please subscribe and share so more people like you can be elevated through these middle school years. It truly takes a village. Until next time, be well.